Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Thanks, Sonny. You're so responsive. It's so good. I love it. Uh, well, so yeah, as Jason alluded, we have done a bit of a switcheroo this morning. Um, he is, has the pleasure of speaking to the kids in Kids Zone, and so that means I get to be here with you guys, which is really exciting. Um, I hope that he's okay out there, but we'll, we'll find out soon. It should be good. I'm looking forward to uh, this morning being with you. Um, but before I start, let's just pray and dedicate this time to the Lord. God, I thank you uh, that you are so good. Thank you for all the words that we've been singing this morning uh, that just exalts you. And uh, God, we just this morning lift our praises to you. God, I pray that as we open your word, uh, that you would speak to us. God, that you would reveal something new to us, whether again or for the first time ever. And God, I just pray that uh, as we do that, uh, together as a family this, uh, this morning, God, I pray that your presence just would be so evident and so tangible with us. Amen. Amen. Well, I uh, love parties. I uh, just am a party girl. I love um, everything about parties. I love hanging out with my friends. I love the food. That's a big draw card for me, I must admit. Uh, so always make sure if you're inviting me to a party that the food is good. Um, and I love just hanging out and the fun that you get to have. But I'll be honest, I reckon kids' parties were the best because uh, when you're a kid, you... It was always super exciting to get uh, invitations from your classmates or your friends to their awesome birthday party. They always had like jumping castles and great food and, uh, you know, games and all this sort of stuff. And so it was always such a joy as a kid uh, to be invited to your friends' parties. You got to dress up, and I love dressing up as well. Um, So it was really, really fun. And, And the thing is, you know, Adult parties, we don't get to play games anymore. We just kind of sit and talk and hang out. And whilst that's really fun, uh, the games that we used to play as kids were super fun, which is why I'm a kids pastor, because I get to keep, you know, keep playing them. And so um, one of the games that we used to play as kids at kids' parties was pin the tail on the donkey. Uh, It was always a crowd favourite. And there was nothing more thrilling as a kid to um, line up with all of your friends and, you know, wait to be blindfolded and get spun around a few times to hopefully uh, get the tail on the donkey's butt and not anywhere else. Um, And you'd take your blindfold off and you'd see if you got close. Most of the time, you got nowhere near, even though you were super confident. Um, But it was thrilling nonetheless, and especially if you did win and you got the prize. Um, And so, because I'm the fun pastor and the kids pastor, I thought this morning to start off, we're going to play a bit of a game of pin the tail on the donkey, but I've made it a bit more funny, I hope. Um, I have a giant pin the something on the Jason. I must admit, Making this this week made me both really proud of myself that I could do this, and also 
it was really uncomfortable just looking at Jason's face for so long while I tried to gut it out. Um, but we're going to play pin the basketball on the Jason. And to do that, I've got my friend Jesse, who's going to come and help me. Thank you. Everyone, welcome Jesse. That'd be great. Okay, now Jesse, have you played pin the tail on the donkey before? Uh, many years ago, yeah. Great. Do you reckon you can do pin the basketball on the Jason? Easy. Great. Here's your basketball. I am going to blindfold you. Gosh, you're tall. It's very important that you make sure that he can't see that there's no unfairness or cheating or anything like that. How many fingers am I holding up? Uh, five. No. Great. Okay, now, Jesse, I'm going to lead you towards the Jason, but before that, I'm going to spin you around. Spin. I reckon when we were kids, it was like three times, but he's an adult, so I'm going to spin him five times. One more. Okay, now, Jesse, can you please get the basketball onto the Jason's hand? Go. Oh, wow. How'd he go, guys? <laughs> I think that's an improvement to his face. Um, no, you didn't quite get it. Let's try once more. Let's see if you can get it. Once more. I'm not going to give you any help this time. Go. Oh, you knew where it was. <laughs> Ooh, little Okay, okay. A bit better, but not quite. Now, we're going to play once more. But this time, come back here. This time, I'm actually going to take your blindfold off. Ooh. Hopefully, all your curls aren't stuck in it. Okay, now, pin the basketball on the Jason. Please. Way! <laughs> well done. See, it's so much easier when you're not blindfolded. Well done. Everyone, thank Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, please move that away. I don't want Jason looking over my shoulder the whole time we're here this morning. That would make me uncomfortable. Uh, awesome. Well, pin the uh, tail on the donkey is fun, um, and so is pin the basketball on the Jason. But you see, and we see in this game, that when you're blinded, you miss the mark. When you're blinded, you can't see where you're going. You might get close at times, um, and you might get some help from others at times, but the reality is, when you're blinded, you'll never be able to get where you want to be with confidence and clarity. But when you can see, when you can see what you're aiming for, you can do it quite easily. You can see where you want to be, you can see what you're aiming for, and you can move with confidence into the direction towards it. And today, we are going to uh, look at a story of a man that encountered Jesus, and Jesus in this story helps him see both physically and spiritually. And in doing so, he helps this man move in the direction that Jesus has for him. So we are going to read uh, from John chapter 9 to hear how Jesus' encounter with this man helps him see. It says this, As he went along, 
Jesus saw a man who was blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned that this man or his parents that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work, and while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And after saying this, Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud with his saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, and this word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was, others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I do not know. We don't know a lot about this guy that Jesus encounters. We don't know his name, how old he is, what his background's been like, what his family is like. But we can imagine that his life, uh, living in first century Jerusalem as a blind man from birth, is far from easy. He would have had no hope of a job, no hope of marriage or a family or even education. And his life would have been confined uh, to the streets and to begging for food, for anything. And what's more, because of his condition, he is labelled a sinner who is under judgment. But Jesus intervenes in this man's story and not only heals his physical sight and his physical healing, physical sight, um, but he also, as we continue to read, uh, Jesus heals his spiritual sight. And he also, in the process, challenges the people that had witnessed this. And you see, as this man came back um, after this encounter with Jesus, there was a whole lot of uproar uh, from the Pharisees and from the people that knew him, and they were trying to work out how this happened, who this Jesus was that he could perform all these miracles and how on earth this man could now see who they knew just had seen recently was blind. And Jesus gets word of this and so he finds the man after he finds out that they've kicked him out uh, and comes and reveals to the man his true intentions. So we skip down to uh, verse 35 and we hear Jesus deeper intention to this encounter. In verse 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, the men asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. And some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what are we blind to? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. 
But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. You see, this story is much more than just Jesus coming along and healing someone's sight on the street. We see in this physical situation, which is just just as great a testimony in and of itself, but Jesus uses this physical situation to explain a much deeper reality. This encounter illuminates an existential condition that Jesus is trying to communicate. Not only does Jesus have the power to heal our physical conditions, but he also is concerned and he also came so that our spiritual conditions could be transformed. You see, after the man responds in worship, accepting in faith who Jesus is, Jesus said, For judgment I have come in this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. And some of the Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What are we blind to? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Jesus isn't talking about physical vision or physical blindness in this situation. He's talking about spiritual blindness. And it is a very real uh, and debilitating reality that so many people live in. You know, just like physical blindness is the inability to see uh, what's in front of you. You know, if you're blind, you can't see um, the shapes or the objects in front of you. Your vision might be blurry or uh, fuzzy. And at worst, physical blindness is the complete absence of light. And so it is a physical reality of complete darkness, and it's quite off-putting, so I'm going to take it off. But physical blindness is the inability to see clearly, and Jesus is talking about spiritual blindness, which is the condition of our hearts, wherein our vision of God and all that he is and all that he has done and all that he is doing is impaired. And the consequence of spiritual blindness is the inability to see God and therefore where God is leading. And at worst, spiritual blindness is the complete absence of his light and a reality of total darkness. You see, spiritual blindness is a condition that so many people in our world Uh, face and live in today. And spiritual blindness leads to spiritual emptiness. You see, unbeknownst to them, the Pharisees were living in this sad and hopeless reality. The Pharisees were zealous for the law and they were concerned with the careful observance of God's words. They were the leaders and the teachers of the time, and people revered them. The word Pharisee literally means set apart. They dedicated their lives to studying God's word, memorizing God's word, teaching God's word, reading God's word, and they knew that the scriptures pointed to a savior that would save them, the one who all of their ancestors had longed for and the prophets had spoke of was to come and save them so that they could be right before God. But when their saviour came, the saviour that they'd all been waiting for came, they didn't see him. They had completely lost focus on who God was. They should have gone to Specsavers. 
Uh, but the Pharisees thought they could see God. They were the people who everyone hoped for and believed could see God because they were dependent on the Pharisees to see God. And yet when Jesus, who in Hebrews says is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, came along, Jesus in very nature was and is God, they couldn't see him. They were so blinded by their own self-righteousness and their own success and their own long-suffering that they missed seeing Jesus. And so a great deal of Jesus' ministry at this time was trying to help these people understand who he was and why he came. But the Pharisees uh, continued to dispute Jesus, continued uh, to argue against him, accuse him of being all sorts of things and people, and they just couldn't see him as he was. They couldn't work out where this power was coming from because they obviously saw that this blind guy was now able to see, but they just could not understand how. And so again, when they were presented with this man whom claimed uh, to be healed by Jesus, they just couldn't see it, they couldn't comprehend how this had happened. You know, Jesus came to show what God was like, and everyone who supposedly could see God couldn't see him. And everyone that was told their whole lives that they couldn't ever see God, they would never know or love, be loved by God, could see him. You know, there are so many things that continue to impair our vision of God today or distract us uh, from seeing him in all of his glory. You know, we live in a culture that is so blinded to the vision of God and the values and the truths that are found in his word. You know, every day our culture is moving further and further away from, you know, who God is. And we are not immune uh, to these temptations and to these pressures that run so rampant in our culture. You know, there is still such a spiritual need. People are searching for a spiritual satisfaction, but they're looking in all of the wrong places. You know, the Pharisees were so caught up in their own self-righteousness. And the hard reality is that so can we. You know, if I do good, if I follow the rules, if I go to church most weeks, if I serve on a team, or if I'm kind to my neighbor or forgive someone, then I'm going to be okay with God. You know, the Pharisees literally had a front row seat to much of Jesus' ministry and yet they were so blinded by their own pride that they missed the opportunity to experience him and instead ultimately sent him to his death. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in ourselves and in our pride and our own self-righteousness and our own manufactured vision of who God is or who we think he is or who we've created him to be that we lose sight of who he is and we lose sight of our need for a savior. And we can also be blinded by success. You know, this is a silent killer for me. We are constantly bombarded with information, with messaging, with propaganda and marketing um, every minute of every day these days, telling us that if we just have this, if you just get that, if you subscribe to this, if you go there, you'll feel better, you'll feel more whole, or you'll feel more satisfied. 
We can be so blinded by success. And for me, I constantly find myself, you know, distracted or blinded against the temptations of comparison, consumerism, self-promotion, rather than focusing on who God is and letting him dictate my thoughts and my visions and my actions. It's so easy to get up, swept up in you know, the latest technologies or wanting a bigger house or a newer car or another holiday. That is a big issue for me. Um, the latest iPhone or more success or another promotion to make you feel more satisfied. And none of these things are bad things. Don't get me wrong at all. They're not bad. But these things can so easily become the idols that we worship instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus. You only have to look at your bank statements or your screen time or your calendars to get an indication of your priorities. And at times, it can be quite confronting. And we can also be blinded by our own suffering. You know, we live in a broken and hurting world. You just have to turn your head to see more hopelessness or, you know, broken uh, situations. And there is pain and hurt and poverty everywhere we look, in our neighborhood, in our communities, in our families, across this country and around the world. And it's so easy to get stuck uh, by what's going on around us and the ones that we love who are hurting and suffering, and it, become, and it can become all that we see. It can become all that we you know, contemplate and think, and over time, as we continue to feel stuck and uh, in our suffering, over time we lose faith and we lose our belief in the Saviour that can save and transform. We lose faith that Jesus can intervene into our circumstances and bring transformation and healing. Has your self-righteousness ever stopped you from experiencing all that Jesus has to offer you? Have you ever been so consumed by success uh, and keeping up with the latest things or pursuing knowledge or study or things that it's distracted you from God and you've realized that it'll never be enough? Do you find yourself stuck in past pain, past hurt, or even present challenges that you feel like there is just no chance to move forward, no chance of reconciliation or forgiveness or do the injustices and sufferings of others around you feel so big and so unsolvable that it leaves you just feeling helpless and empty? And spiritual blindness leads to spiritual emptiness. But, I love buts because it means something good is coming. There is good news. There is good news. Jesus has come and intervened in our spiritual blindness. He has intervened in history and made a way for us to see God and to receive his fullness. He has stepped in, removed our blindfolds, removed the barriers that have gotten in the way of us and God, and he offers us fullness of life. Jesus opens our eyes and reveals who God is so that we may receive and experience him in all of his love, all of his grace, and all of his power. 
You know, this uh, encounter that Jesus had with this blind man completely transformed and restored his vision both physically and spiritually. Jesus, in his love and his grace, intervened in this man's story and took off his blindfold in a seemingly hopeless and impossible situation and he brought hope, he brought purpose, and he brought transformation. And the same invitation is available to us today. Jesus was the fulfillment of all the uh, promises and prophecies that God's people had longed for for so many generations. The whole book of John up until this point speaks to the truth that God in his great love for us sent Jesus to reveal himself to us so that he uh, so that we could receive and see him in all of his glory without distraction without blindness and without barrier. Jesus was the fulfillment of our uh, spiritual condition. You know, throughout John, he says, very, I tru- very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I have come that you may know life to the full. Hear, taste, see, know that Jesus has come so that we may see God and know God and experience the fullness of life that he offers us. And I want to ask you this morning, do you want to know what God is like? Look to Jesus. Turn your eyes to Jesus and look full, fully in his wonderful face And when we do that, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. That is really hard to say and not sing. Um, But it's true. When we look to Jesus, the things of the world grow dim as we fix our eyes on him. He is the light of the world. He is the light that will transform our darkness. An encounter with Jesus opens our eyes to truly see God. When we look to Jesus, we can experience the fullness of God in all of his beauty and all of his grace. This invitation that he offers us to experience and to see God has eternal significance, but it only requires a simple response. And we can learn a lot from uh, this blind man's response to Jesus and how we too can respond to Jesus. Two things that stand out to me in this response is that he experienced the fullness of Jesus' power and received new vision because he responded with humble obedience and simple faith. You know, Jesus says, uh, this has happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him, so go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. And later, when Jesus finds him again, he asks him, do you believe in the Son of Man? To which the man responds, who is he, sir, so that I may believe? You know, this man's life was changed forever, and he experienced the eternal love of God because when he encountered Jesus, he responded with humble obedience. When Jesus told him to get up, 
he got up. When Jesus told him to go and to wash, he got up and went. And when Jesus asked him if he believed in, the, in him, in the Son of Man, he said, in humility, tell me so that I may believe. And while the Pharisees were distracted with trying to make logical sense of what was going on and trying to answer all the questions, the man responded with simple faith. He didn't have all the answers. He didn't really know how Jesus did this. He didn't even really know who Jesus was. But he responded with simple faith. And he received the fullness of Jesus because he responded with humble obedience and simple faith. He says, one thing I do know is that I was blind, but now I see. You know, we'll never have all the answers. We'll never know why God might be leading us into a certain direction or or calling us to do something. But when we respond with humble obedience and simple faith, he leads us in the right direction and he gives us confidence to do so. And he promises that when we do, we will know the fullness of God's glory and the fullness that God has for us. And our lives will never be the same. When we respond to Jesus with humble obedience and simple faith, he opens our eyes to see who God is, no longer blinded by ourselves, no longer blinded or distracted by our suffering or our success, rather filled with joy, filled with purpose, full of clarity to see and to know where he is leading. Over the years, I've had the privilege of going on a bunch of short-term teams, I, uh, to mission trips, sorry, and I am a big advocate for short-term mission trips uh, because every single time I've gone, I've come back completely challenged and changed. But a misconceived idea or a misconceived thought that some people have before they go on a short-term team is that I'm going to go and save the poor people or I'm going to go and rescue the needy or I'm going to go and make a big difference in these people's lives. But what I've learned from my experience is that that it's actually the opposite. It's actually my life that is changed and my eyes that are open to a whole new reality because of the work that God does in me through them. You know, these people that I've met um, in the different, you know, opportunities I've had and the different experiences I've had all had this one thing in common. Yes, there was a lot of need, obviously, you know, when you go to a third world country, poverty literally just like stabs you in the face and it's confronting and it's challenging. But these people who have nothing always challenged me and always have this one thing in common that it took me a while to realize is that all of these people that we encountered, whether it was at the churches or the programs or the villages even that we uh, went to, is that they all have such audacious and contagious joy. They just, like, are so happy. Like, it's almost weird for us Westerners to see. Like, they just smile all the time, they wave at you, they welcome you with open arms, come look at my house, or like, here's a coffee. Like, literally, it's just joy, and it's just hospitality everywhere. And it always challenged me because, you know, they didn't seem too phased by the fact that their whole family lived in a one-bedroom hut, or, you know, they didn't know if they were going to get dinner. And they had, as I said, I'm not you know, degrading their needs. They had very tangible needs. But what I saw 
is that they had humble obedience and simple faith. You know, I go on mission trips or we sit here in church and we hear awesome stories of what God is doing around the world through our Gateway Beyond workers and different organizations that we partner with. And I, we hear these amazing stories of breakthrough and transformation and miracles and incredible healing. And I admit that I used to sit in there and hear those stories or see those stories and be deeply challenged um, by the fact that I didn't hear those stories happening here in my community or in my church or in my neighborhood. And it challenged me so much because these people who have so little had such simple and amazing faith. And yet when I came like back and when I'm in my community, I didn't hear those stories of incredible breakthrough or incredible supernatural healing or supernatural provision. You see, what I've learned is that people who have nothing in terms of this world generally have a better view of God. You know, where I used to feel sorry for them and take pity on them in my self-righteousness, in reality, it was me whose vision was clouded and distracted. You know, these people who literally have nothing are so dependent on God to provide that all they can do is pray and ask for His provision. They have no other options. You know, if a mom wants to feed her family for dinner, she has to pray and God provide in supernatural ways because I've got nothing. I have no physical way of providing for my family. And so I hear stories and I see this happening in these countries and these places because they are so dependent on God that it's their only option. Whereas I come home and you know, if you're sick, what's the first thing you do? You go to the doctor. If you're hungry, you go to the fridge. You don't even have to walk more than 10 meters most of the time. If we wanna learn a new skill or study a new area that we're interested in, we sign up for uni and we don't even have to pay for it. We just put it on our headset and worry about it later. It's the best. But these people are so dependent on God that they see Him move in miraculous ways because that's all that they have. And they see God do the impossible. Do you want to know what God is like? you want to see more of God at work in your life, in our community, in our nation? We need to look to Jesus. We need to look to Jesus and see how He loves See how He cares, how He forgives, how He heals, how He prioritizes rest. I think that's a message we all need to hear. How He prays and how He gives up Himself so that others too may know uh, the love and the fullness of His heavenly Father. Can you see Jesus? Can you truly see Him? Does your vision of Jesus at this moment reflect the Jesus that we read about in scriptures? Or is it a little bit blurry? Are you feeling a little bit empty? Do you feel like maybe your vision is a little bit obstructed or there's maybe some barriers? Maybe you're caught up in yourself or your success and the stuff 
or you're suffering. Maybe you have some really uh, obvious and, you know, really challenging situations right now. Have you been obedient to His call when He's asked you to go somewhere? Is your faith simply and profoundly only fixed on Him? It's too good to miss out on and there's too much at stake. Don't miss out on what God is doing in you. You know, some of you have been stuck by the past or the issues that you face and I'm not saying that they're not important and there's not a journey in that. Maybe you've been stuck in your own pride or your stuff and it's gotten in the way of you experiencing and encountering the fullness of Jesus. You know, where you are far from God, where you feel like you don't miss the mark, where you do miss the mark, where you feel like you're not just quite getting there, you don't know the next step or the next thing, God says that I have sent my son to intervene in your life. And he has made a way so that you will never be far from me again. The fullness of God in our lives when we accept his invitation is joy, it brings clarity, it brings vision, and it brings direction. And by His grace, when we accept His invitation, He removes the blindfold from us, not just for ourselves, but so that the works of God might be displayed in us as well. Jesus has sent us, and when we know Jesus in our hearts, He has given us His power, His vision, and His light so that we can go into our communities, we can go into our families, and across the world and be Jesus to people that need it, to bring light in dark places. Don't miss what God is doing in us as a church, in our community and around the world. There are so many people just outside that are living spiritually blinded, spiritually empty, and they're unaware of their spiritual condition. Whether they're distracted by stuff or consumed in pain, Jesus has given us the power to bring healing and transformation and light into those dark places. There is too much brokenness and suffering out there for us to be distracted. Our faith and our hope and our purpose isn't something to be kept neatly boxed up within the borders of convenience and comfort. The world needs to see Jesus. And a church that's vision is solely on Jesus and Him alone is a force to be reckoned with. You know, the church that sees, looks to Jesus for answers, looks to Jesus for healing, looks to Jesus for transformation, looks to Jesus for vision and ministry is a church that will make a real difference in the world. God is always doing new things. He's always doing new things and we don't wanna miss what He is doing because we're distracted and we're blinded by our success, by our self-righteousness, about our um, suffering. Jesus offers us the invitation to receive His gift of sight so that we may receive the fullness of God, but so that two others in our communities can receive the fullness of God. 
And so we're coming into a time where we're gonna wrap up, but I just feel, I really believe that God wants to do a ministry in us this morning. But before we get into that, I wanna ask is, is today the day that you're gonna ask Jesus to intervene in your life? The good news of Christianity is that God sent His Son to reveal who He is so that we may know Him forever. You know, Jesus can open your eyes and by His grace uh, change our lives. Where sin has been a barrier, where your suffering has been a barrier, where your own pride has been a barrier, Jesus wants to step in and intervene. His work on the cross has made a way that we no longer have to live in spiritual blindness, that we can see God, no matter our past, no matter our challenges. And so this morning, if that's you, in a moment, I'm gonna get everyone uh, to close their eyes. And if this morning you want today to be the day that you ask Jesus to intervene in your life and to open your eyes to who God is, then I'm gonna give you uh, the opportunity to do so. So could I ask everyone uh, to close their eyes? If that's you this morning, you wanna receive Jesus in your life, I'm gonna ask you to do something really brave, to respond in obedience and just stick your hand up so that I can see. If you want Jesus to transform your life this morning, where there was once brokenness and hurt and darkness, awesome at the back. That's great. Anyone else want to join them? Awesome. Why don't you all just join me in praying for these guys? God, we thank you uh, for the good news that you revealed your son Jesus to us so that we never have to walk in darkness. We never have to be bound by our circumstances or our past. But God, you offer new life. You offer transformation. You offer healing and hope. And so this morning, I just pray that you would intervene uh, in these ladies' lives. God, that you're, you're the fullness of you would it be experienced in them from head to toe? God, this morning we accept that your work on the cross has made a way for us to never be alone or never be far from you again. So we thank you for that promise. And we thank you for the promise that even uh, when we continue to miss the mark, when we continue to uh, stuff up or get distracted, God, that your grace is new every day. God, your forgiveness is new every day, God, and we just thank you for that. We thank you that we can receive the fullness of God in our lives when we respond with humble obedience and simple faith. Jesus, we glorify you this morning. Amen. Awesome. Why don't you join me in uh, congratulating those people that made that decision this morning? But I don't, um, I don't believe that God is finished yet. I just have had this real sense um, this week that God wants to uh, transform some other people. So we're gonna stand. If you would join me in standing this morning. Now, yeah, you can stand. Um, I, as I was preparing this week, as I've been praying, I just really feel like God wants to restore some people's sight. I believe that, you know, we've been talking about this reality that we can be distracted, we can get caught up, 
we can get blinded of who God is, even when we have the right intentions. The Pharisees had good intentions. They loved God. They dedicated their whole lives to God. And yet over time, they became so distracted that they actually missed the point in the end. But I believe that this morning that God wants to restore some of your sight so that you may see Him afresh this morning. Maybe you've been following God for a long time and over time you've noticed that you're feeling a little bit empty or you're feeling a little bit distracted. And this morning you want Jesus to intervene again and just remind you that He is good and that He is faithful and to open your eyes to see Jesus in a new way. And so the band uh, is going to start playing a great song. And as they do, can I encourage you, if that is you this morning, you just want a fresh touch of Jesus in your life, to come down the front and our prayer team are going to pray for you to receive that this morning. And I want to remind you that what's required of us is just humble obedience and simple faith. I know that it takes a lot to get out of your chairs and come down the front for prayer at church. It's scary, especially when you're up the back and you have to come all the way down. But if that's you this morning and you just wanna receive prayer, as the prayer team come down, as the band start to sing, I just really believe that God wants to uh, just fill some people uh, with His presence this morning. Step aside from your pride. Step aside from your doubts or your suffering and just receive that this morning. Because God is good. And when we fix our eyes on Him, we know fullness of life. So as the band sing, I just encourage you to come down the front now. Don't wait. Be brave. Be obedient to what He's telling you and receive Jesus this morning. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.